What is going on, cyberspace? Welcome to the Hyperpixel Podcast. I'm Michael K. And there's another guy, another awesome cyberspace hacker. His name is Zerain, and he is here with me once again on this very day. How's it going, Zerain? Quite well. Fantastic. I'm doing great. I'm feeling energized and ready it. to talk about today's topic. Uh, it's what I'm excited about. So. Yes. Yeah, we we kind of dove into this a little bit last week, but uh, we just kind of just kind of glazed the surface here. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, so we're gonna do a deep dive on randomizers and ROM hacks and and all the things there. So before we get into that, Zerain, we we must do our little bit of small talk that we do before we get into the main <laughs> topic. So how's it going? What's going on in Sector X? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, uh, I feel like we're always talking about the weather, but I think because <laughs> we started around when like things were like really getting cold here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's always an affair in Sector X. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting a little warmer. Um, however, it's not, I mean, so it's supposed to get up to like 60 on Saturday and then it's going to go like back down. So Mm. anyway, um, I'm ready for warmer climbs, um, but we're not there yet. Um, one of these days, maybe in a month or so, (laughs) it'll be a little bit warmer. I feel Um, you. But, uh, aside from that, uh, things have been going pretty good. Um, I, um, so we released a big video. Um, so I guess you've been on the recovery from (laughs) that. That's, that's a lot of it is decompression from all the time I spent on that video. So the new strike the earth video is out. If you haven't seen it yet, please go to michaelk.net and check the video out. Mm -hmm. Uh, we spent a lot of time on that, a lot of effort, um, and, uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, learned a lot of stuff in the process uh, and pretty pleased with the result. So, um, Check that out if you have a moment. And, uh, but yeah, so, right. I, but I was spending so much time on that. And now it's like, it's, it's a void. Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> it isn't because there's so many other things to be doing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get my bearings is, is the reality of it beyond mm-hmm. that. But I'm, I've been listening to some of the stuff you've been working on next and I'm very excited about where we're going with it. So, um, yes. I think there are some good things coming, even, even better things coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, okay. just, just a little teaser where it's, it's some music from another game slash games featuring some blue character. So, you mm-hmm. know, oh, that's true. Two blues in a row. So two blues in a row, mm-hmm. well, you know, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, beyond that, I've been playing final fantasy eight. Like I'd mentioned before, um, I'm making progress in it. I would say I'm maybe a f- third of the way through the game uh, so where what was the last point. thing that happened um i'm trying to think uh oh man you, you would ask me a question <laughs> wouldn't you um about to get to fisherman's horizon so maybe that's a quarter of the way through the game i don't know something okay like that. between a quarter and a third that's some pretty good progress <laughs> yeah yeah um that part of the game where I, up to where i'm at right now i've played like a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like the whole game i've only played like once that i've only played the, these this part i've played like at least a dozen times yeah and it's like i always get there i'm like uh something distracts me or it's mm-hmm. like you know something else happens the game comes out and i get involved in something else right sounds like um, me and and chrono trigger just always playing the first like five <laughs> or six hours of the game like i have no idea i i could probably play yeah. the first five hours of that game with just like out even thinking about it just on total autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, th- that's that's how this is too. The first disc was like nothing. I didn't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, other than I did forget to get one of the GFs, and it's like, dang it. Uh, I, d- I remembered it like right after the fact. The one that you get on like the communication tower and Dalit. Mm-hmm. Um, th- Siren. Yeah, I missed that one too. I missed two. Uh, you probably would you miss Brothers as well? No, I got Brothers. Uh, uh, I forgot what the other one was that I missed. Uh, the one that you you draw from those iguana things, iguanoids or whatever, uh, when you're before you fight the enchantress. Yes, that one. Uh, Carbuncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. At Carbuncle, <laughs> but I forgot Siren. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Missing one's not terrible, I don't think. Um, Missing two is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like just knowing where the, where they the worst ones are. Like, well, they're all pretty bad because you, you have to like just know more or less, right? Um, or the the worst ones though to me are the ones you have to draw from enemies because it's like you got one shot. Yeah. Well, you get, okay, you can do it toward the end of the game too, um, but basically you got one shot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't get it, it's gonna make the rest of the game really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I've yeah. already made the game harder on myself than it needs to be, but well, we're gonna we're gonna have a podcast about that at some point. Same. <laughs> Whenever that's, I that's get been back my to life. It. Yeah, yeah. How about you, man? Man, like I didn't play anything last week. I pretty much uh, spent my free time working on that next song. Um, oh man! And that was dude. It's it. been it's worth the investment. Yes, if you ask me. I agree. I, I, like I am very pleased with with what happened with that. Uh, I, I went into that, um, so it just kind of tap dance around this a little bit more. This is some stuff <laughs> that we've some stuff that we've done before in other songs uh, elsewhere in bands of music past, um, mm. and we're kind of re re attacking what we've already done in a different way, and it's it's very it's proving to be very interesting to rethink the way that you did something previously. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> trying to, to cast aside all the expectations and just, you know, come at it afresh, even though yeah. that's very difficult to do. If you've heard a song when I listen a to it a particular way many times, you definitely took me uh, in one direction and then <laughs> jerked me into another one. And then like, it's so much of it. <laughs> you know, I talked to you about it when I, when I listened to it. It's like, you really got me. Yep. Like you got me good. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's cool. I really like what, I, what I'm hearing from it. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to put my paws on it, so to speak. <laughs> right. I'm excited to see what you do with it. So, uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, but other, long, dude, other, it's been a long time since I've actually looked at doing music. Like, right. It's been like <laughs> a couple months, maybe uh-huh. not quite a couple months, but six weeks, something like that. I mean, definitely for me. Uh, I mean, I haven't done anything. It, yeah, it's it's been a hot minute. Like, and and you know strike the earth like we didn't i we didn't do a whole lot to that compared to what we did originally with the cyberpulse stuff a few years yeah. back so so yeah which i guess yeah. speaks to you know how not to pat ourselves on the back or anything but how <laughs> how good that original arrangement of it was so you know yeah well that's all due to you basically Psh. i literally added Psh. one thing to that <laughs> And that's just that one little thing in the breakdown. That's like it. Which is a great moment. <laughs> yeah. A fantastic it, it, moment. It's nothing without the rest of the song, though. So. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so I do. We got some good stuff coming. I'm mm-hmm. really excited. I good. am as well. 
so and and for those of you who have been following kind of what we've been doing on the Michael K channel, you you will notice that pre in the past we've done a lot of vocal covers and there have been a lot of more instrumental things recently. And we talked about this before, but uh, I had I strained my voice at the beginning of December, uh, being an idiot basically, uh, <laughs> while you know playing drums, which I is do. just yeah, of course. Um, and so everything, it's, it's taken much longer to get back into the saddle here, but everything is, I think everything is good to go now. So at some point we're going to start working in some more vocal stuff with the video game stuff. So, so yeah, that's, that's exciting to me to, you know, be able to get back to that kind of thing as well. Um, but I I think it's definitely going to be a lot of a lot of very similar like video game inspired looking stuff too, especially with the the video portion of things. So I'm excited to see what happens with all that. Yeah. I know one thing is we've got to figure out a better workflow because it's just taking me too long to do something, these videos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's, uh, well, it's it's not that it's doing that. It's that I'm so much a noob when it comes to all of this kind of stuff. That's part of it. And part of it is, uh, just trying to push ourselves too far. Do, I think do more than what we're ready to do yet. Not more than we can do, but more mm-hmm. than we're ready to do at the moment. Yeah. And I think we need to find that balance because it needs to be more than what's easy to do, but mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be like, okay, you're taking three times as long as you should to right. make this stuff. <laughs> yep. I feel you. <laughs> so hopefully when we plan the ever living H out of this next video, it'll ease some uh-huh. of that. So we'll see agree uh but but yeah that's that's pretty much all i've had going on i i did zarain i i made a purchase this past weekend so i um i sold a uh it was what is it the so retrobit released like a collector's edition of holy diver on on (laughs) well it's an nes version of holy diver which is a a famicom game Um, have you ever seen that game I, I'm pretty sure I have, but remind me if you need to remind me. So I, it's it's kind of I I believe, and I I have I didn't I never played it. So I basically I've had this for years, and I, I never played it. Um, but I believe it's kind of like a Metroidvania kind of game, okay? Like that that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but so I, I've had this forever, and I I have never played it, and I noticed recently that it was worth a couple hundred dollars, and like I just I have no reason for this is just literally taking up space on my shelf, and I oh, would man. rather get something else that I'll actually play. So um, anyway, that's the story of my entire collection <laughs> over there as of late, trying to you know replace things that I don't have any desire to play with things that I do. So. Sold that, and I made a purchase of an arcade board with that. Um, it's it's one that I've been looking for for quite a while, and I found it for a very good price considering other prices of it that I've seen lately. So, um, X Men. No, that would be cool oh. though. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? What board? The uh, Taito Superman. Oh yes! Game. Oh man, that game's great. Yes, so I'm I love that game. Very excited to get that, and I'll I'll play that on a stream at some point soon. But uh, oh heck yeah, yeah. I, we've talked about this game before. I don't know if it, I don't think it was on the podcast necessarily, but um, 
this this is so funny because this is such a specific memory. you know how you have like specific yeah, memories yeah. of certain games um the only that's not true i've played a couple, one or two other places but the first place i ever played that game and probably the place i played it the most is um the pizza hut nearest me when i was growing <laughs> up actually every once in a while they would have like or they would have an arcade game in there and every once in a while it would change out it would i think they only had like one arcade game which is weird um anyway um and at one point it was superman and so like i got to play it and i was like this is awesome Bro, like yeah. i don't i don't remember why i felt like it was so good it's one of those things where when you're a kid most games feel cool mm-hmm. but only certain ones like stick in your mind and yeah. when you go back you generally find that those are the ones that are better so your kid self i think is pretty mm-hmm. good at determining you know what's good and what's not when it comes to video games but i just remember so vividly wanting to play that game yeah and like over and over and like my parents wouldn't give me more quarters and it's like ah <laughs> yeah. i want to play <laughs> yeah so my experience with that game and and really the place that i one of the places i played the most arcade games in was a skating rink and okay they were like i don't know they had like maybe five or six games in there yeah, uh, yeah. But superman was one of those games and i spent oh, so much time <laughs> you know with the limited amount of quarters that i had yeah. uh, playing that game and i just i i remember loving that game so much and uh, I I did this thing when I was younger where I would play a game in the arcade and then I would just assume that I could play that game on a home console or something. Oh, yeah. And I would try to find it. Yeah. And I never I did the could. Same thing. So specifically that one, I played it. I was like, this is so cool. And then I saw Superman on the NES and I was like, oh, it's on the NES. Oh. And bro, I freaking, yeah, that was just a disappointment game. in half, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I am mega looking forward to getting that. That is like one yeah. of my favorite arcade games, and um, it's a really good one. Yes, and yeah, dude, so. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm yes. jealous a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so that's gonna be really cool. So I'll have to get some. Uh, whenever I get it, and I'll measure it and get some acrylic plates for it, and you know, yeah, yeah. do the whole treatment and all that. So nice. I'm excited. Yeah. Talking about that, that Pizza Hut, that reminds me of the other... The only other game I really remember playing there uh, is the arcade version of Double Dragon. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that one's so much better than the mm-hmm. NES one. It's not even funny. Like, that would be one to get to, for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I played that on Mr. a while back. It's Okay, yeah. yeah. It's quite a good... The graphics are just, like, mm-hmm. so good compared to... I feel like that kind of reminds me of how Altered Beast is, the arcade version versus the Genesis okay. version. It's yeah. just like there's so much, so much more there in the arcade one. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's oh. awesome. <laughs> it's a pleasure, a pleasure onslaught to the eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And the ear holes, the whole, the whole package. Man. And Double Dragon's a good game, too, mm-hmm. just generally. Man. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I've been, now I'm thinking about beat em ups and I'm going down a whole line in my <laughs> right. head. <laughs> yeah it's it's funny like i i my experience with arcades as a kid like i i was really young when all that stuff was 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 hot and yeah. i didn't have anyone that really would like none of my friends parents would take us to an actual arcade and you know oh, like, yeah. sit there and you know the whole shebang um so it was pretty much my experience in arcades was like pizza hut or yep. uh 
like a movie theater waiting for you know mm-hmm. we'd get there a little early and play some games before the movie or whatever and then like the skating rink things like that so some and there's a couple of malls in the area where they would they didn't have an arcade but they had like a few games out like in the middle or oh, something yeah. mm-hmm. um that uh, that definitely mirrors my experience. The only time I ever got closer to like more of an arcade experience, I don't know if I ever went to an actual arcade other than like maybe once or twice. Yeah. And most same. of the times when I went to arcades, like on on vacation at like a theme park or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the only other time is the bowling alley in town had a lot of arcade games, a mm-hmm. lot of them. And so if we would go bowling, then get to play. Or uh, later on, once I uh started getting a little older we would go to the bowling alley with my uncle and we would uh be able to play games there too Mm -hmm. and then when i could drive then i would go to the bowling alley a lot and play (laughs) games just just (laughs) hang out as you know riffraff does Um, right (laughs) uh, but yeah uh yeah i'm I'm with you i I don't i don't really recall ever having like like serious arcade experiences in my life now the town i'm in has an arcade that's like you pay 20 bucks and you could play all day mm-hmm. and they've got like two floors of games pinball machines like just about any game they don't have the superman game but like almost any other game arcade game that you can think of that's either like, especially the stuff from like the 80s they mm-hmm. have almost anything that you can that was popular enough from the 80s that you yeah. want to play um, and a, a lot of the stuff from the nineties as well. I mean, they've got a, a big X-Men cabinet I and mean, we played that there. Mm. Um, and I mean, they've got all kinds of fighting Man. games, all kinds of stuff. That freaking they X-Men ball there even. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. They have that now. They, they just got that. Not That's too long cool. Ago. Yeah. That yeah. X-Men game is another one of those games that I, uh, I played and it's like, this is so freaking cool. And then, you know, I go try to track it down, and then I'm greeted with X-Men, the first X-Men game on the Genesis. I don't know if you ever played that. but Oh, uh, dude, I own that one. Yeah. That, that's the same for me. Mm-hmm. That's the same story for me. I love the arcade game and wanted a, the you know, yeah. console game, and that game's not... I, I dare say that game's not even fun, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that may be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot of nostalgia for that game because I, I loved it as a kid, but, like, I, bro... <laughs> The fact that Wolverine cannot have his claws out without using up power, like that just right. that slays me. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that bothered me is that, you know, in battles, like the X-Men are like always using their powers in like mm-hmm. the cartoon, for example, even yeah. in the comic. And in the video game, you can barely use their powers. Yeah. You basically can't use their powers. That's and then so it's not an X-Men game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what I really hate about that game. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty hard too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, as I recall, I probably haven't played it. In yeah, it's it's, it's pretty point. tough. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure that's the one where you like you actually have to reset the console or something to get to yes. the final. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's stupid. I don't think I ever did that as a kid. I did the one time that I played through it, and I don't even think I beat the game, but uh, uh, because I was like, I hate this game. I'm going to beat it. Like, I got pissed, and I'm going to beat it. You know what I mean? I got to put this behind me. Yeah. (laughs) And then I got to that point, and I was reading a walkthrough, and I'm like, reset the What? Mm. That makes no sense. Why would you do that? It's so dumb. I mean, I... I kind of understand why they're trying to like integrate like a physical experience into the yeah, game, yeah. and that's kind of interesting. Break the fourth wall, you know, kind of Metal Gear Solid sort of thing. Right. But it's like, what was what was the context uh, of that? Like, why 
Does it give you is, any information about like doing? I'm pretty something sure like that there's like the the computer system and mm. their base is like messed up or something, and it's something like that. And then you have to fix it by resetting the. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like that's what I recall. I could be like making stuff up because yeah, yeah. I was a kid when I did that, so I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> and th- this is, a, you know, I, I think the one thing that the younger generation of gamers don't really some do but i think most don't appreciate what it was actually like being frustrated playing a difficult game back in that day because like even even if you had internet access which was a real question back then even if you did there weren't great places to try to find how to do stuff Mm -hmm. and there's so much like wrong information wrong um like walkthroughs and stuff yeah. where people just wrote stuff just so they get their name out there and be like, oh, yeah, look, I did this. And knowing that, like, I can't ever get called out for stuff that's messed up. Yeah. It's like the whole, like, Mario 64 finding Luigi thing. It's like, bro, all of these <laughs> things. Like, yeah, just do this. I found him. He was there. It's, it's like, so no, funny. Like, I, I remember I printed out, somebody compiled a list of every, you know, reported <laughs> sighting of Luigi in this game. And I yeah. printed the whole thing out, and I did every single one of those SOBs, and not a single one of them worked. I wonder how much of that was like Nintendo doing like guerrilla marketing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll never know, but yeah, it was yeah. quite possible there was some of that going on. And then like things, like if, if, you, if you look at this text here, you know, it's like really blurry. The texture's really blurry in the game, but it actually mentions Luigi in this text. If you take a picture of it, you sharpen it up and all this stuff. Oh, good so, grief. That one, that's bad. Yeah. That's just my trolling. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, it was difficult back then to bring yourself to beat a game if you couldn't figure out how to do it by yourself. You had mm-hmm. to go on an, an, an extra adventure to try to find the, the correct instructions. Yes. C- case in point, the whole Sonic 3 Carnival Zone barrel thing that the oh, game gives you no indication whatsoever that this mechanic exists at all. And I just happened to see it. I just happened to see it in the Sega Visions magazine. One of the three people who read that. And uh, right, I, yeah. was able to beat the game. So. Yeah. But alas. Yes. Back to Superman. <laughs> Back That's to a great Superman. arcade game. Yes, it is. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm mega excited about that. I think it was released at like 89 or kind of late. Was it really? I think so. I think that's what I saw. Oh, my goodness. It, I think, actually like, have my, my recollection of it is, is, it is a much... 88. Wow. That is a much more... Good looking game than for one year. Yeah, yeah looking at the way it looks, like it's it's very good looking stuff for that time period. And That's I haven't awesome. seen this game anywhere since then. Like I, I literally have never seen it beyond. Yeah, are they like rare or something? I don't know. Um so this this website, uh, arcade museum.com is a great resource for this kind of stuff. So it actually it has a bunch of different information on boards it, it people who are members of the site can say that they they own this board and like def- say hey this is for sale or this is my collection or whatever oh so, yeah um but it's, it's pretty good documentation for all these different boards and they do have like a, a rarity scale on here um yeah. there are approximately 100 known instances of this machine machine presumably owned by our 
current or past members. So um, if there's a hundred in that, then that means it's probably the game a ranks a twenty-seven on a scale of one to one hundred. Oh man! Uh, on ownership. Yeah, here you go. Census data currently includes a hundred. Oh wait, no, no, that's something different. That's just uh, their census. So there's probably like ten thousand of these or something. There can't be much more than that, mm-hmm. right? So if, if if they've reported a hundred, so that's pretty active. Let's say that's uh, if that's one percent, I guess that would be what uh, ten thousand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that probably seems ten to twenty thousand, something like that. I would bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like they, this this is a great website uh, for. Like even learning, they have links to like all the dip switch settings and stuff that these boards have. Oh my goodness! That's uh, awesome. Like instruction manuals, they have documented the instruction manuals. In some cases, not not all cases, but uh, bro, you're gonna make me want to start getting some arcade boards. This is not good. <laughs> right. This is not good. It is. Uh, it is a slippery slope. It is. <laughs> it's really bad because well. I just need to get a mister, dude. That's the that's the, we're back at this conversation. I just need yeah. to get a mister because I just want to play these games. I don't want to necessarily own the hardware yeah. for the arcade stuff. Right. It's it's so much effort, like to to play the, the arcade boards. It is. It's so much effort. It truly is. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell my brother though that you got a Superman arcade board. Yeah. He'll he'll think that's wild. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like totally been like a, a grail of mine is to get this, this, the Superman arcade board. So that's, and when I was looking, I've, I've looked at them, I don't know, whenever I started getting into this, like maybe about a year ago over, I've been looking for about a year and they've been around yeah. 300 or so. And it's like, that's kind of getting to the area where it's, <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but, uh, right, right. but yeah, so very cool. That game plays really smoothly, as I recall it too. Yeah, I, I remember it just feeling very fluid, and oh man, yeah, I can't wait to play again. It's like I don't know when the last time I played it was like, oh man, like probably like ninety two or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so it's been a hot minute. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to your stream on that one. Yes. And and the next time you're here, we can play it together. So that's <gasps> oh my that's God. cool. Yes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, we, we need to have apparently just have a whole arcade conversation, whole arcade podcast. But uh, dude, I'm about it. But yeah, and until then, the the topic at hand here, Zarain. Yes, I, I feel like this this one might be a rabbit hole. So we should probably oh, get started dude. here. So. <laughs> And that uh, rabbit hole may appear in a bunch of different places. Yeah, exactly. Randomly. Hey, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> randomizers and ROM hacks and, and all that stuff. So my thoughts on this are so scattered all over the yeah. place. Uh, so do, do you have anywhere that you want to start specifically? Well, yeah, I want to like pick up with something I think I said a little bit last time. Mm. One of the things that I think is, I think this, what we're about to talk about is the best part do i believe that yes i believe that this is the best part 
of things like emulation and yeah, being yeah. able to play oh, games yeah. not on the original hardware. Um, some people may say, well, there's imperfections in the original hardware and that can be improved. I don't know that anybody really cares about that. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody actually talk about that. Even though that could be a valid point, right? That mm-hmm. some of the physical imperfections of the hardware could be made up for by the uh, software. But the reality is, it's those are even hard to detect. Put that point to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is like, well, yeah, we can have all the games for all the systems in one place and just like go through a library and pick them, like the Raspberry or the Retro Pi thing yeah, like yeah. you were talking about last time which I've looked at that since and looks really, really cool. And I, I'm conflicted about what even I want to do still going <laughs> forward. But again, that's a conversation for yet another day. Um, but the thing about this, and the, like I've said before, I am no fan of the idea personally. I'm not speaking for you, I know. Yeah. But personally, I am no fan of the idea of intellectual property for a variety of reasons. And the two main reasons are is that it's imposing a scarcity where scarcity does not exist. Um, And I understand there's arguments against that, that, well, if you don't impose that false, false scarcity on it, then no one will start to do any work toward bringing these ideas into existence. I don't really believe that maybe, maybe the different ideas come in from different motivations, but that could be a more natural naturally occurring idea from naturally occurring motivations rather than this kind of artificial grinded out sort of thing that we have when people try to create things just so that they can create new IP. Anyway, again, that's a conversation for another day. So for me, I I really think that it's cool because um, it allows for the obvious removal of anything left of scarcity around gaming stuff. The other, I should say three things. The second thing, and this is even more important than the first part, is the ability to preserve all that stuff. Because there's only a finite amount of physical copies and physical consoles of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's going to be gone. Like, it will just, like, be dust, right? Yeah. I mean, some people will preserve some, but it, it, they're day by day, year by year, decade by decade, ones are just going to fall apart. People are going to not maintain them. We're going to get to a point at some point where, you know, the, the size of capacitors that these things are just don't make sense anymore. You know, people will stop making physical pa- capacitors maybe or it'll they'll become so niche they'll become expensive again. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that's going to happen um, to, or any kind of repair part for them. So this is a way to at least digitally preserve all these experiences and all of these things and and catalog and archive them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing because it's an important part of our history, especially people like you and me. It's it's a seriously important part of our personal history yeah. and who we are as humans. And thus and and we're not alone. We're very obviously not alone. <laughs> so it helps to to preserve that from a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. But the third thing, and this is what we're talking about here that I really like about the emulation and all that is, is that it opens up creativity to be able to make things new with things old. And this is why I'm such, this is one of the two reasons that I'm so against IP. I don't want to talk about the other one. It's more economics and ridiculous stuff, but topic at hand, I'm against IP because it is against innovation with already existing ideas. So basically IP tries to put this lock when you have a new idea that that idea, this is that idea and it doesn't go anywhere from there unless I say it does. 
I kind of understand that. But the reality is the human race would be more benefited by having that lock off of it and letting anybody just play with this idea Mm -hmm. until other new cool things come out with it. Case in point, randomizers and ROM hacks is exactly what we because that proves out my theory about all that. Right. When actually my theory is derived from seeing the evidence of it. ROM hacks really cool. Take a game. Let's let's place new sprites in it. Let's change it so that the all the texts say different things, so the story is actually something different. You know, let's rearrange the the things to make a new game that is played in a different order, mm-hmm. or let's just use this engine to basically make a new game within this engine somehow. Basically, replace a bunch of assets, replace a bunch of logic on how things flow, replace text, replace all this stuff, and then it's basically a new game right. in the same engine, so to speak. Um, so that's the idea of a ROM hack. If, if if it's not clear to people, that's the idea of a ROM hack. The idea of a randomizer is to do that like as a one shot randomly, but usually, usually with the original assets or the assets of the game slightly modified to give a new experience of the same game. Um, there, a randomizer is still a ROM hack in a way of more or less. It's just a spe- special kind of ROM hack. Um, whereas a if someone says a ROM hack, they're usually going to think about a pre-baked new game based with the assets and the engine and whatever else mm-hmm. of a pre-existing game. Right. But when people poke those boxes so much and just like try stuff and play with it, because there's no risk other than the time involved, you get a lot, you get a, one, you get a big canvas. It's like new art. You can make new art with it. Imagine, people have done this. I was going to say, imagine if you take like the Mona Lisa or, you know, uh, some other really uh, famous work. Um, I I can't think of any good examples right now because, you know, names of of art escape me. But Mm -hmm. um, you take one of those and like, you're like, okay, well, let me try to improve it. Of course, you're, you're defacing the art. You can't do that with a physical art. Makes total sense. But, I mean, if you have a picture of it, think about how many people have taken the Mona Lisa. This is a great example for this. And have just done stuff digitally with it to make it look cool or weird or just, like, yeah. done stuff to it. Um, you know, smeared her face. Nothing else. Just that. That's a, it's a change. It's, it's new. It's Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but the fact that people can play with that and do that has given rise to tons and tons and tons of new art. And that new art can be used for, you know, reflective purposes and just, you know, uh, it may be spiritual or just, you know, self, uh, 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 like supportive purposes, like for emotional and just being, being happy with your life. That's what art is, is right. To help you be, appreciate your life, appreciate something about life and understand that that can be condensed into a work. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's helped bring out new forms of that, or maybe it's new forms to be used in business or whatever. I mean, we've seen all kinds of like, what was it? I think it was an IBM ad campaign that did that had like a, a Mona Lisa that was like talking or something. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's probably tons of companies that have used that. Nothing wrong with that. I think that, that I think that there's, we should be able to use any kind of art for anything else, this whole remix culture thing. So this to me with in the realm of games is something that's so special because not only does it help pull on these memories you've had in the past of these games that have already existed, it helps create brand new ones for uh, like a whole new slew of games. Yeah. The only drawback is not all that many people are into it, but, (laughs) (laughs) right. But I mean, it's, it's a cool subculture. And I think that, I think the people who appreciate it, um, 
you, you find that you have something in common with them because they're able to appreciate it and they understand what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And that is a really cool thing when it's, it's almost like hipsterism in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, we both know this thing. So, you know, we've got this connection. Uh, but there's something to that, right? There's something to that in, a, in an honest, genuine sense and not the hipster. Oh, I'm just so cool because <laughs> right. I know this, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've, I've talked a lot about it, but that, that, to me, that's the entry point of why I think all these things are so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think like that's the best intro you could have possibly given on, on everything that, <laughs> that I have listed here to talk about. Like, um, I think I, so I've never really gotten into the randomizer stuff. I think that's awesome. Um, I've just never really gotten into it. I've gotten more into uh, ROM hacks that are. Uh, like maybe they improve a game or something like that. So yeah. like there, there's so many different ROM hacks that I've seen where it'll, it's just maybe just a very, very small change in a game. So like, for example, um, there are lots of like color palette hacks. Um, yeah. It's like a very small change, but really cool stuff. So like uh, Game Boy Color, uh, so it, it's like a Game Boy Color patch on a Game Boy game. <laughs> so somebody has colored the Game Boy game to look like it was released on the Game Boy Color. Yeah, so, that's so that kind of stuff's really cool. Very small things like uh, uh, the Ghostbusters, <laughs> the Ghostbusters <laughs> game on Genesis. So mm-hmm. in that game, their uh, their suits are not like that that typical like whatever like yellow greenish kind of color that they are like in the movies they're like more of a blue color so somebody went in and recolored the suits to make them look more movie color accurate you know (laughs) nice little things like that um that's one of the things in final fantasy randomizer you can tick on and i'm sure there's a rom hack that's just this Mm -hmm. uh there's a couple spells that are broken in the base game oh uh, yeah they just don't do what they're supposed to do yeah and they just fix the spells to make them do what they're supposed to do (laughs) <laughs> that's that's, that's it. cool <laughs> yeah so yeah so i i love stuff like that um there's also like performance increases in games like I, did you know super mario world's world slows down whenever you beat a level when he goes all that stuff there's I like some slowdown that. yeah there's some slowdown somebody fixed really? that and released a patch <laughs> for it so oh man that's you know, funny. Yeah, that kind of once you notice that you cannot unsee it by the way. <laughs> but dude, I wish you hadn't told me that. Yeah. <laughs> probably just like unloading assets in our memory or something. Yeah, so that's probably you know, all it's doing. <laughs> yeah, whatever the heck is going on in there. There's there's some slowdown and and, and somebody fixed wow. it. Um there's also stuff like uh there are some games that only came out in in PAL territory and so they run at 50 hertz. Oh yeah. Oh good there are patches for those to make them run at 60 hertz. Um, because if you just try to make it run at 60 hertz, you're going to screw up the music, you're going to screw up the game. Like everything's going to just run faster, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, the whole PAL thing, like that bothers me to no end. Like it really, really does. I just, the thing is, PAL makes a little more sense than uh, the NTSC stuff. So like mm-hmm. the the 60 versus the 50 because 50 is approximate. Well, even 50, it should be like 48, like double cinema frame rate. But mm-hmm. anyway, whatever. I'm not going to 
I don't know much about all that world or why it came to be. I just assume things. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, so go, go ahead and, and talk about the, the randomizer stuff. I, I have some yeah. like, more in-depth ROM hacks that I want to talk about, but, uh, but tag, sure, sure. you go. All right, so the, like the, on the randomizer side of things, um, the only randomizer that I'm personally into is Final Fantasy randomizer, the original Final Fantasy on the NES. Um, but uh, I've I've definitely watched people play through other randomizers. One of the big ones is uh, Legend of Zelda on the NES. Um, that it has a really pretty big, it may be the biggest randomizer community, um, at least people who play it regularly and they have tournaments and all that kind of stuff, um, where it will... There's all, that one too. Also has all kinds of randomizations, like changing the which dungeon has which item, changing which door goes into which dungeon, changing which I think which bosses in which dungeon, um, like the uh, the shops, like mm-hmm. what items are in which shops, how much things cost, how much, uh, how many rupees you get for fighting enemies. There's a and there's probably stuff even beyond that because I've not actually looked at how it gets set up. Yeah. Um, but that that's one of the biggest communities that I'm aware of around it. Um, other randomizers that I know exist, um, there is a um, RE, uh, the remake, so on, uh, HD remaster on PC. I, I don't think you can do this on the Wii one. Uh, I don't know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I know that it runs on the PC uh, HD remaster. There's a randomizer for that, well, ran- which... Uh, I know it randomizes item locations, um, and I think it randomizes rooms, which is a real mind screw mm. for me. I I don't know how I would do that. That's um, that's quite a thing. Because <laughs> like, think about it. Like, it, it, it's they had to have refined it because some of the randomizations could be breaking. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that's really tricky about randomizers. If it's truly a randomizer, you can break the game where you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have to think through the randomization to exclude game breaking uh, possibilities. Like for example, you could in uh, uh resident evil uh, remaster, you could have it where, so you start in uh, the uh, first floor and then there's, uh, one door on one side. There's two doors on another side. There's one door up top and uh, on the left, and there's two doors up top. So there's one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six doors. Well, the first door that goes into the dining room that could go into the room where Tyrant is at the end of the game. The one up top could go into like one of the other rooms in the lab at the end of the game. Basically, if all six of them went into like rooms in the lab at the end of the game, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Unless like somehow they randomized in items that there that would get you somewhere else. Yeah, and like one of them had a door to somewhere else. But even then, it's very. It would be very easy to lock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, the randomizers are pretty intelligent because people have messed with them enough to realize, oh wait, if this randomizes here, then we can't finish the game. Let's exclude that from a possibility. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. So that that's one of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure they ended up coming out with a uh, Resident Evil 2 remake uh, randomizer, but I've not really looked at that. I, that means there's probably one for three as well. Um, the original RE2, I think there's a randomizer for it, but I've I've not really seen many people play that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are other ROM hacks for that. Um, I'm sure there's like a Super Metroid randomizer, although I've not come across it. It's got to be that community so large. Yeah, there's almost like and that's the kind of game that we. That. Yeah, that's the kind of game that would be perfect for a randomizer. Yeah. Just put items in different places. Like, even if you don't randomize the map, just like put items in different places. Yeah. And, that's going to be a brand new game, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, but so like the Final Fantasy NES randomizer, I, and I know the other Final Fantasy games, especially the Super Nintendo ones and and the other NES ones have randomizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the the next most popular one that I'm aware of, and maybe more popular than the, NES, the Final Fantasy NES one is, I think it's four Final Fantasy four. Um, it's either four or six, but I, I think it's four. There's a a, a pretty in-depth randomizer for that one um as i understand it um but yeah so the final fantasy one i'm actually looking at the website right now if you go to final fantasy randomizer.com uh you'll see it uh i was noting to michael at the beginning before we started um that they at some point since the last time i looked at it they updated the uh, user interface uh which is really cool um because the user interface used to be kind of hard to grok and now it's like much more condensed and much oh, yeah. uh, easier to uh, to see what you're looking for i saw but, it when you were messing with it when we were streaming together yeah uh so yeah it, this this looks a lot better than what i remember seeing <laughs> but there's so many options on this i mean it's got to be it's got to be well over 100 options yeah um maybe closer to 200 um and there's like option sets is like they have standard presets uh you can you can save a preset for uh the options for the randomizer the way that it works is that you you have your regular rom of the game uh that's unaffected and you upload it and then you give it a seed and you select all the options that Mm -hmm. you want the seed is what helps to randomize it and then you generate a rom and then it does all the calculations behind the scene it patches the rom and then you download a new rom that is the randomized version and then yeah. you play that rom what's really cool is you can take that rom and you can play it in an emulator but you can also go play it on a regular nes and so uh i, I think i've mentioned him before but the twitch streamer gyre g-y-r-e underscore um he runs this like basically every day um and he knows this game inside and out and that's what he does is uh, I think he uses an EverDrive, but either way, he's got some way to get the ROM and he plays it on physical hardware. Mm. Um, Dude, and, I, uh, I wonder if it's uh, possible. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean oh, to see, that's one of the things that's, that's really cool about a lot of these things is if it is an actual ROM, then it will run on the original hardware if you can get it on there to play it. Yeah. I wonder if it would be possible for somebody to make a ROM or something that is actually the randomizer that could generate, that could patch a ROM. And so you wouldn't have to like do any transferring. Like it could just all happen like on the EverDrive or something like that. So you mean like, well, it would have to know how to write. There's no, uh, it would have to know that it's on an EverDrive basically. Can the EverDrive write to itself? Yeah, I guess it can because it does save states, right? Mm -hmm. The EverDrive would have to expose to the software. It's probably a security sandbox. The EverDrive would have to expose to the software the ability to write to the the drive, mm-hmm. and it probably doesn't allow that. And because if if it did, then games could maliciously do things mm-hmm. inadvertently, possibly even. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were designing the hardware, I would not allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the things that I control as the the firmware writer for the hardware mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't allow anything but things that I do to be able to mutate disc mm-hmm. um, so I would expect that's how it is but maybe not but that would be cool though if you could do that I, I can't think of any reason you wouldn't be you shouldn't be able to do that because there's no well I say that some of the things that this does though you can like upload sp- and I was just telling you about this you oh, can upload yeah. player sprites um, you wouldn't be able to do anything like that I don't think mm-hmm. or if you 
did, it would have to be very convoluted process. Like mm -hmm. you'd have to put the files onto the, the SD card yeah. and then you'd have to have it like have a file browser to find them. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of thing. Well, I mean, if you're using the mister, then I guess you don't really have to even transfer. You can just directly run it off a network drive. So there's that. Yeah. So that's well, cool. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? So I, I'm assuming there's no way it streams anything. It's just like downloads the whole thing locally and, and loads it in and plays it. I don't it. know. That's a good question. I because when when you load the ROM, I believe it it loads the whole thing into memory, like it, yeah. to to play it. So I'm sure it's probably yeah. the same thing. I'm sure the memory has like for for all of the cores, it has to have like the memory location completely reserved for mm -hmm. the game, and that's what it probably loads it into. I guess. Yeah. So at that point, it doesn't matter that it was over the network. It may just take longer to load up to begin with. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, I, I just think that it's wild that you can just play the stuff on their regular hardware because mm -hmm. it's just, well, I mean, it would have to if you, if, if, if an emulator could play it, then the hardware should be able to play it mm -hmm. by definition, unless you've changed the emulator and then it's not a full, it's not exactly an emulator, yeah. it's doing something else. Or I, there's also, I, f I forgot what company it is that makes these, but they make, uh, they make reproduction cartridge, well, like blank boards and cartridges yeah, yeah. for you to, to make reproduction games. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, you actually have to saw like you have to flash chips, EPROMs, and solder them to the board, and you know the whole shebang. But this one particular company, they make cartridges where you can act. It had they have like a base unit that you plug in your computer, and you just plug the cartridge in, and it flashes the game on there like that. Oh, and wow. so you don't actually have to take the thing apart to do anything. So you can just awesome. and then flash the ROM on there, and then it's good to go. So I'm assuming you, you like could just flash it. I believe I believe so. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that thing's got to be expensive though. Yeah, I I think the actual like flashing device is is a little expensive. So that's it's something like you might as well just get an EverDrive if you're going to yeah. personally use it, but like if you're going to make reproductions or something, you know, then it might be worth yeah. it if you don't want to open up a cartridge and that whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. That's uh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Man, we live in a brave new world. We do. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the Final Fantasy randomizer, just speaking about it specifically, is really cool because it has like things that are like quality of life improvements like I, the aforementioned fixing the the spells that don't work yeah although you don't really have to have those spells like clearly you don't have to because nobody does who plays the regular game mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um but i mean it's cool to be able to use them but there's other things too like um let me just go through the list here uh shop information icons yeah that puts like icons next to the items i think so that it's uh, clear yeah oh okay oh wow it actually displays like uh, uh, how it affects like uh, attack and your, the crit chance and all that kind of stuff okay okay so it's, it's like details about it that's really cool i hadn't even seen that one before um uh, let's see what else can't hold when enabled displays can't hold screens in menu oh so it shows like who can or can't hold an item that sort of thing um, just yeah, like things that make it easier, so you don't have to go digging in menus to figure out something, then go back and look and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. That's cool. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and, and, and I mean, you can start the game already ready to go fight the final boss if you want. Mm. Like, you don't have to fight the the bosses around the the fiends around in the different castles before you go fight the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just all kinds of like cool like game modes. Basically, you could think about it as that yeah. it allows. Um, boosting XP, boosting the money you get from fights and all that kind of stuff, changing prices of things. Anything you can think of has probably got an option. That's why randomizers are so cool because it makes one game into like a thousand different games. Yeah. And and the replayability just goes out the window off the charts. It's just basically you stop playing the game when you're tired of playing the game, not because the game doesn't have anything more for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly some people just want to play it forever. And I, I kind of understand that because I'm that kind of person who just wants to see everything. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's hard to do that when you have thousands and thousands of options. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's my thing is like I, I I like to I like to complete games and then check them off my list. And when I cannot do that, I, I it's I just keep on playing it until I just decide, okay, I have to stop. But then that really bugs me that I haven't like completed it or whatever. And so it's yeah. just like a vicious cycle. So How is World of War stopping World of Warcraft for you? Um, it actually wasn't that bad because when I stopped playing it, I just wasn't having fun, like at all. Yeah, that'll like be I was it. just like, this is like this game does not respect my time and I'm done with it. Dude, I'm like that, that close to that feeling on Warzone. Like I'm like mm. 98% to there. It's just like, granted mm. I I'm already my, the, the wow ship has sailed for me, but <laughs> yeah. uh, nowadays world of Warcraft is a lot more accessible as far as that, that kind of stuff goes. Like as yeah. far as respecting your time, I think it is a much, much better game uh, it, around all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah. I just I just can't. I played it. Like, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, a year and a half, something like that. I, I just they had like a free weekend or whatever, and I played it with some people, and it's like it's all right. It's, but I just World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the whole MMO thing to me is just I. I this is a completely different topic. I just don't know how. I don't know that I can ever get into it the way that I was into it before. Same. I don't know that I want to get into it the way that I was into it before. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm pretty sure I don't, but sometimes I feel like I do. Yep. But then I go back and then the game never feels like the way you remember it feeling. And then it's like, eh, eh. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just this thing where you might see the guy behind the curtains or something like that. And then suddenly it just, there's no magic. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whatever that guy may be, you know, you see him and it's just not the same anymore. So, yeah. True, true. So, yeah, like, I don't... The thing is, like, I, I would like to get into more randomizers, but the problem for me is time. I don't yeah, st- yeah. I don't spend a lot of time playing games. Well, that's probably not true. I don't spend <laughs> as much time as I used to playing games. Um, and when I do... The, right now I've been just playing Final Fantasy 8 because I'm trying to get through it again but um, you're going to beat me I know it <laughs> that's possible if I, I keep it. on the, the the pace that I'm at I would I, I wouldn't doubt it mm-hmm. I may stop or slow down though so that you just never know uh, I, I don't know how I don't have a good system 
of prioritizing what games to play and when because I'll get sucked into something, see Warzone, and it's like I can't get out of it. That's that was how I was with EverQuest and then EverQuest 2. And to some degree World of Warcraft, but not as much. It's like I can't get out of it and I don't I like playing the game and I enjoy the time that I'm in it, but I would like to play other things. But the thing is nothing else is as compelling in that moment <laughs> so, as that game. For me, what what's kind of been very good for me is I, I've had all of these games that that I've wanted to play for so long that I kind of categorize them as like maybe three or four hour long experiences or something like that. And that's sure. you know, that's it. Versus yeah. the these other games like modern stuff or these RPGs like Final Fantasy VIII that are much longer of an ordeal. <laughs> so I kind of I, I I say all right like in my free time I'm gonna play these longer things and whatever, and then I do this stream one day a week where I play these games that are, you know I may not play this game for thirty hours or something like that, but you know it's it's a good chunk of time for me to sit there and play this game and feel like I experience this game and then move on with my life and play the next <laughs> one. So that that's been yeah. good for me to kind of just box that particular time of my week to to play a game like that and then i feel like i'm progressing multiple things at once when i do that so that's a good thought maybe i should do something similar yeah um but because otherwise if i do this thing where i'm playing one game at a time and nothing more then i wind up in a situation where i'm playing final fantasy 8 for three years and i've only played one oh. game you know and and all this stuff so oh no no, you would beat it. No, I would, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, the randomizer thing for me, like I said, it 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 just creates so many more games to play. So that's mm -hmm. that double edged sword aspect of it, because, uh, and this, and the the other problem with it too is the whole um, speed run aspect of it, because that's that's what got me into, um. The idea. Well, I, I say I say it got me into Final Fantasy Randomizer. Not so much the speed. It. I watched it first through speed running, but mm -hmm. then I got interested in playing it just to experience it. But yeah. then you do that, and then it's like, well, how fast can I beat it? Yeah. Especially because if you play this game like over and over, it's like at some point you're like, okay, I know the game. I just mm -hmm. want to play. You know. I want to as fast as I can try to undo the puzzle because yeah, it becomes yeah. a new puzzle. Right. So is there like a category of speed running specifically for randomizers? Like how could uh, that I don't that uh, couldn't work, could it? Or how could it? It could if you use the same seed and same settings. Okay. But then it's not random. It becomes right. just a, you're running a different game yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't think that anybody keeps boards for it. Mhm. But the the reason why I say I got into it from speedrunning is because um, that's the way that Jire does it, is mm -hmm. that he picks certain flags and a, a random seed that he's never done before, and then he goes in blind and plays it as fast as he can. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and I mean, depending on the seed, it can be as fast as like maybe 50 minutes, 45 minutes, if like everything's perfect and just great location, maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to like I've seen it be like a couple hours or more if it's like really bad stuff because like you could do very bad things that handicap you like you can only play with three characters instead of four, mm -hmm. um, or, or even less. Yeah, uh, you can 
make the the enemies tougher. You can randomize things such that you basically have to do everything you can just to survive to get out of the first area Mm -hmm. so that you can go and level up somewhere else so that you can come back and then start playing the game. I've seen that before. This is more of the things that he does like self-handicap. Like he'll do, he's done like, um, he does this without the randomizer actually, but like he did like a four white mage run. So he played through the whole game with four white mages, (laughs) which is ridiculous because white mages have like no attack. Um, I mean, they do, but it's like the so far the weakest in the game. Yeah, that may be debatable, but it's pretty yeah. dang weak. And so basically, you're you're playing four healing characters through this whole game, where mm. you have to have some some pretty serious firepower on some of these bosses. And it's like, like he does. Oh, oh, the worst one was the four thieves run because thieves is like a useless class. It doesn't do anything good in the game. The only thing that it's uh, that it's adds in any real way it there are other things that it nominally adds but it doesn't really make things better Mm -hmm. the only thing that adds that in any sort of way makes things better is it gives you a slightly better chance to escape a battle if you're trying to escape a battle okay well you can't escape boss battles you got to go through some battles and you're gonna have to level up so but everything else like they're they're pretty weak on attack they don't do magic really i mean i don't think even when they get class change and so it's like it's purely you know, potions uh, uh, and like freaking beating people in the face. <laughs> so they have to, and then they can't, uh, they can't wield the best weapons in the game either. Mm. And so they're like just a really crappy class. Mm. And so he did like four of those playing through the game. And it took hours and hours, like so many extra hours. Like the first couple hours of the game is just him going out and grinding. Just because like, you can't do <laughs> anything yeah. until you just like get them up to a certain level. Yeah, yeah. Because like the, even like their low level weapons are just like garbage, like complete garbage. You might as well just punch, and so that's what he does. Just like for hours, just <laughs> wow. like punching enemies. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's the kind of thing. Like, but it's like, how fast can I do these things? Like these guys are challenges, right? So it's more like a challenge thing. You know, how fast can I do this challenge? Than it is speed running in per se. Mm-hmm. So man. I, I don't think anybody maintains any kind of boards for like randomized speed runs, but they do tournaments and stuff. They will do that where they have like, you know, Two uh, everybody play plays the same one or something. Yeah. Well, it'll be like every, so like every round you play the same one and it's okay. a different one every round. And so, uh, you know, if there's eight people in the tournament, you all eight play the same seed with the same okay. flags and the top four go for top four times go to the next round and then the top two, they go head to head and then yeah. whoever wins wins. Okay. Well, that's good. Cool. Yeah man what a world that's just that's so crazy to me <laughs> it's really cool because like especially like the tournaments and stuff they they have like broadcasters and so they have like you know the people who are running it are streaming but then yeah. they have the the broadcast of the tournament on a different channel and then you can watch it and it's like people talking about the game so they have like mm-hmm. two announcers and like you know they talk about the game and the people running it and all this kind of stuff that's really and so cool. yeah th- so they'll do things like they'll show you two like head to head basically like in the bracket, they look like they're head to head, but it's like it's not necessarily how it goes always. Uh, sometimes they do bracketed like that, but sometimes it's just like the based on the times who who mm-hmm. progresses. Um, but yeah, it's there, there's man, there, that's what's really cool about things like streaming. That's some of the cool stuff that streaming enables too is new content that is 
you know, in the form maybe of some like older kinds of content, like you know, TV content. Think about like obviously like sports tournaments and stuff, but applied to something brand new, right? I mean, obviously esports, that's the thing, duh. Of course, everybody knows about esports, but then everybody thinks about like just super competitive games like, you know, Call of Duty or uh, Overwatch or, you know, StarCraft or whatever, League of Legends. Um, Rocket League, yeah, of course, all that's got its own esports things, but there's still esports all the way down. Yeah. Like, Zelda randomizer tournaments, like this stuff, uh, even just speedrun of vanilla games, like Resident Evil stuff. Like there's, um, there's like the RE speedruns Twitch channel where like they used to do it more regularly. I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention. Maybe they still do it regularly, like once a month or something. That they would mm-hmm. have a different game, like of the original Resident Evils, like one, two, or three, and they would have a tournament of people uh, uh, racing it. Mm-hmm. And again, they'd have a broadcast of it and all that. That's kind of this whole like idea of remix culture and all these new things that, that all this stuff allows to us to to ha- experience new things and, and fun, interesting, just can make connections with other people and find things we have in common and mm-hmm. understand that like the world is a cool place to be, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that people need that reminder. Like, you know, seems like more and more every day. Yep. Same. Hard same, brother. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, that's I, honestly, I think we hit most of what I was going to talk about with randomizers. Um, but uh, back to like ROM hacks, um, one of the cool things with ROM hacks, too, and this is this is uh, the one of the most special gifts I've ever been given was by you. And I've mentioned probably mentioned this before, but uh, you gave me the there's a like a translation ROM hack of a game that was only released in Japan called mm-hmm. Sweet Home uh, on the NES. And uh, the reason why that game's so crazy or cool is that that's the real inspiration for Resident Evil. Um, and the fact that, one, that that kind of translation exists is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then, two, you're able to take that and burn that onto a cart and be able to like have that as a game that I can put into an NES and play yeah. is just... <laughs> amazing it's super super cool yeah yeah i i love blows my mind every time i see that card yeah i love the fan translation community like there's there's so much stuff going on there um a lot of a lot of games had sequels that were released in japan uh or you know in the case of sweet home that kind of thing but like specifically sequels that came out of japan but never got translated into english or anything final fantasy 2 final fantasy 3 uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> and and people have gone through, you know, and like not just Google translated the whole thing, but like really thought through how to translate it and done that to the best of their ability to translate it into English. So you can, you know, you can yeah. experience that. So um, a game that I really want to play, uh, Police Knots, which is kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's related to Snatcher or if it's just kind of like a follow-up or I, I don't really know what the relation is. It definitely looks the same. Yeah. Um, but and I, Which I need to play Snatcher too, so that's besides the point. But um, but there is a, an English a fan translation version of, of Police Knots that you can get. And you can... And awesome. the, the cool thing about those is you can play them on original hardware. You know, you can... If it's an NES game or Super Nintendo game, you can put them on an EverDrive or... You know, in the case of Police Knots, it's it's a Saturn game, so you can put it on an optical disc emulator and and play it that way on original hardware. So that's super cool. Yeah. So so that that kind of stuff's really cool. And like, 
Man, I, it's it's wild to me, like how many games came out in Japan that did not ever come out over here. There is yeah. um, this this YouTube channel, Game Sack. Uh, they he does episodes that are they just have like a a bunch of games that have a common some theme, and one that he has done so many episodes on is Left in Japan. And there <laughs> there are so many good games that came out of Japan that never came out over here. And they have, you know, fan translations for all these games. Or not well, all, like, but, uh, but a lot of them. The, um, I don't know. Is, was there any of the Cotton series that was released in the U.S.? I believe so. But not, not all of them. Yeah. That, um, th- those are games that have some fire soundtracks. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Fire, like literal meltdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the graphical style on those is really cool. It's just yeah. those are the whole package of those is just so well done. It's it's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole shmup horizontal vertical shooter whatever that whole thing. Like I never really got into that when I was younger cuz they're so freaking hard. Yeah. Uh, but having gotten into that over the past few years, there's there's so much good stuff there. Like especially in in music land, it's uh, it's quite a thing. Man, I just that's the th- other thing too is like the soundtracks coming out uh, on these games out of Japan, especially the ones that we didn't get over here. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like all the best music. It's all mm-hmm. the best music. It's so freaking good. I can't even explain it. Like, what's that Twitch channel that like plays like random video game music? I love that channel. Oh yeah. Um, uh. I, man, I'm, I'm. Is it S, S G Q F? Is that the one you're talking about? I think that's the one. Um, let's see, S S G Q F. Yeah, that's the one. It's offline now. No, no, no not that one. Uh, there's another one. I think um, that's a good one. But isn't there another one that that has like uh, pictures from the game and stuff too on it? Oh yeah, I don't remember what that one was. Uh, but yeah, uh, oh man, if you guys go out there and you just search on uh, Twitch for like some of these channels that are like playing video game music all the time, uh, although it may have got like shut down, um, I don't know. I know that uh, Twitch was trying to really clamp down on like radio station streams. Mm. So maybe it's out on YouTube or something streaming, but it was it, it's it. It would be like all these games, and then like you had no idea. You couldn't read the title because mm-hmm. it's unless you read Japanese or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's like the music's like, what is this? And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll never be able to find this game again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, like I, I even even in the the audio realm, as far as ROM hacks go, like there's there's stuff where, um, like maybe the original specifically like in, in Genesis land, the, the original soundtrack may have been kind of like screechy or like it may have not, mm. not sounded great. And somebody has gone in there and, you know, put some kind of like filter on the thing to, to make it more tolerable. So it's not as piercing to the ears when you try and listen to it. Yeah. Especially the Genesis, man. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you can make Dude, some harsh tones come out of that. The Genesis if you if an artist can make it sing like it is an incredible sounding thing yeah. but <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and if somebody does it incorrectly woo like there's i 
there's some kind of like sound library or something that uh, that a lot of games used uh, that people that developers could use, like if they didn't really want to truly understand what the heck was going on with the audio chip and that kind of thing. And yeah. it was it was just like garbage sounding. And oh man, people would use it anyway just because it was like easy access easy. to the music. I guess that's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, I've definitely had my ears accosted on one or two occasions from a Genesis dude. Yeah, <laughs> I just I never realized it as a kid. Like it just it never it never really struck me until I was older and I went back and listened to some of this stuff and I could not believe how bad it sounded. <laughs> so what's the worst one that you can remember? I I am. I I just high pitched stuff gets me like that that is yeah. just beyond the thing for me, um, and that there are a bunch of Genesis games where they do this like I want to say the first X Men game has a lot of that high pitched yeah. junk in it like even like some of the sound effects are like really ridiculous uh huh for like what am I thinking of like laser sounds like uh lightning sounds anything like that yeah. uh a lot of that will have just some total unnecessary in there for no uh-huh. reason yeah, yeah but I feel it. bro a good bass synth on the genesis <laughs> well i mean like all the sonic games are like the mm-hmm. the gold standard for for most of that yes definitely the uh the shinobi bass synth is oh yeah that's probably my favorite one and <laughs> i've used it several times in in our music as well <laughs> uh so that that's that's cool um but oh uh, yeah when it's good it's good but when it's bad it's like ear bleedingly bad right right <laughs> so so like what kind of uh what rom hacks are like games that you've wanted to play or playing or like you've, you've thought about or you've really have hit you in one way or another. So the one that that's on been on my list to play for a long time, and I have this on my list of games to stream, but I, I have, I have not done it yet. Uh, I'll get there eventually. Uh, and this is actually why I bought an N64 EverDrive is, is specifically to play this as well as some of the other ROM hacks on the N64. Uh, but the Mario characters in Goldeneye, I so badly want to play that. <laughs> it just looks so ridiculous, but like so well done at the same time that yeah. I just I have to play that. Because um, I, I I went th- I went down this rabbit hole of like I was gonna make a cartridge to play it, and I was like, well, after I get done spending all the money to make that, like if I want to play more than one ROM hack, I might as well just get an EverDrive and do it that way so you know here i am uh, <laughs> but there and i i saw there's actually a uh what you call it a sonic in in golden eye like the same kind of deal sonic characters in gold oh man <laughs> um, i saw somebody do a a sonic in mario 64 <laughs> <laughs> so that that looks very interesting uh it's I don't know if that one runs on original hardware. It kind of looked like it did. 
but somebody put like the Sonic uh, Adventure, the Sonic Adventure one model oh, in yeah. Mario sixty four, and like he runs kind of fast, and you know that whole thing. So it's like, is it the Mario model? Does he replace Mario? Yeah, yeah. So okay. he a lot his basic he, he like he runs kind of like Mario except when he starts going faster he does like the the arms behind the back thing like like Sonic <laughs> does yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so that's cool I think my my favorite we've already established that Mario 64 is one of my favorite games so um one of my favorite rom hacks ever is the uh two-player Mario 64 one that runs on original hardware. That is beyond incredible to me that somebody was able to make that happen. That is insane. (laughs) That makes no sense to me. (laughs) I just, I can't believe that exists. Like the other one, the other one that we played that's like, it it uses that other, you know, decompiled whatever source code and, you know, it's like a computer implementation with like a server and all this stuff i get it you know that's fine you know that's that's awesome that's great very cool but it's like okay you know it is what it is but like this one like being able to run on original hardware like that is wild to me it 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 makes no sense it's like people just have too much time Mm -hmm. to be able to figure (laughs) that out (laughs) right well i i mean it's somebody who just clearly loves the game so much and Mm -hmm. just wants something new from it I really would like to hear like an interview with the guy or team who did that. It can't mm-hmm. be just one person. Well, it could just be one person. Yeah, I, I just I appreciate the heck out of somebody that loves something so much that they spend the time to do that that particular thing. Yeah, or like somebody that's intense. Yeah, uh, another one is uh, somebody built or like rebuilt. I don't know if it's all of Goldeneye. I don't, I don't think the ROM that I have is complete. But like they rebuilt some of the Goldeneye levels in Perfect Dark, so like using the Perfect Dark engine. Oh wow! Playing Goldeneye. That's wild. So, that's cool. <laughs> Man. Uh, so yeah, Amazing. I I desperately want to get into playing some of those N sixty four ROM hacks, but uh, most of the ROM hacks that I've played have been on the Genesis, and okay. uh, so we we. A while back when you and I were streaming and we... So Cyberspace, if you never saw, Zorane and I did, used to do this stream where we were both playing just two totally different games and the layout would like morph and change, which was actually like super cool. I haven't like really seen anybody do this since we were doing that, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was both of us playing two different games, just like talking like this, but playing two different games. And he would be playing like like Final Fantasy Randomizer, and then I'm over here playing like Earthworm Jim or whatever, and then it would it would change to feature one game or the other. So, um, so when we were doing that, I played Sonic Three Complete, which is it's a ROM hack. Uh, I don't know if it's actually a ROM hack of Sonic Three or Sonic Three and Knuckles or what what exact. I, I would assume Sonic Three and Knuckles, but somebody went in there and like if you know anything about the history of those two games, like it's you know, they're, they're, it's actually one game. There was a lot of changes made throughout development of that. Like, Flying Battery used to be between Carnival Night and Ice Cap. So, like, oh, wow. for example, um, when you would when you, you would beat Flying Flying Battery, you'd you'd dive out, and there would be a door there. And that door is actually what you would be sliding down the snow on at the beginning of Ice Cap. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> but they changed that to put Flying Battery in Sonic and Knuckles for some reason. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, so it does stuff like restore that original order of the levels, and it actually adds some continuity in there, some little, little, little fine details to kind of connect the dots between the different levels and the two games. So if you yeah. play Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it's actually missing the Sonic 3 final boss. There's a final yeah. boss where it's like he has like an arm thing and he can like pick you up and like throw you down in the ground and stuff. Um, and Robotnik doesn't have that in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It just kind of skips over that and then moves on into Sonic and Knuckles. So this actually restores that, adds a little bit of like a cutscene thing in between the two games. Uh, kind okay. of kind of resembling what happens in the Sonic and Knuckles uh, title screen. And then it yeah. moves on into the Sonic and Knuckles portion of the game. So stuff like that. You can, if you desire to do this, you can play the game with some of the, uh, the demo music that was in Sonic 3, which is basically eliminating Michael Jackson from the equation. And I do not recommend eliminating Michael Jackson from the equation at all. <laughs> right. It's Oh, man. That music is, uh, um, yeah, it is placeholder music. <laughs> oh my goodness! Just, just like, saying. How could you ever improve? Like you can't be better. It just can. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, so, so yeah, that that one being my favorite game of all time. Like I, I, I love that that ROM hack. I think that is yeah. like super cool that that somebody went in there and did all that. And all these are different like options that you can turn off and on. By the way, so you can you know turn flags off and on and change you know the game that you're playing. So that's that's really cool. That's super sweet. You said it's called Sonic Complete. <laughs> Sonic Three Complete. Like three complete. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have to check that out because that's that's something that I would be interested in playing. Mm -hmm. I, I I do like the Sonic games a lot. They're pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. So and there there are a ton of like you know put Metal Sonic in Sonic Two. You know like <laughs> yeah. sprite replacement hacks. Like I did you ever play the Sonic Super Nintendo ROM hack? No, what? So when I first got into the whole emulation thing, I saw that there was a ROM for Sonic. I don't remember what it was called. I think it, it may have been called Sonic 4 on Super Nintendo. And I was like, <laughs> literally, what the heck is this? Why have I never seen this? But it's a ROM hack of the Speedy Gonzales game with Sonic yeah. in it running on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Which, by the way, by the way, this just reminded me that somebody... Uh, I don't know if they continued this, but they were actually building Sonic 2 to run on Super Nintendo. That's amazing. Yeah. I would love to play that. Yeah. So that was that's that kind of stuff is just freaking nuts. That's kind of getting more into like the homebrew community, I guess, but Yeah. And that's yeah. like a, another another conversation, but um, Right. What else? Another cool one is there's I, I don't remember what it's called. It's like Fat Sonic 2 or something like that. Yeah. So you don't want to get rings in this because they're onion rings. And if you eat too many oh. onion rings, Sonic gets really fat and he slows down. <laughs> so and his sprite actually like gets very visibly overweight and he can't like go through loop de loops and stuff like that. Oh no. So I, oh, no. I that kind of stuff is so cool how somebody has taken a game and basically been like, 
hey, you know that mechanic that you rely on to survive in this game? No, you don't want to do that. That actually is bad for you. Don't do that. You're going to have to play the game differently. Go. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny, though. Like, I could... I, Definitely changes the game. Definitely mm-hmm. changes the game. Yeah. So that, cool. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff's cool. There there have been um there is there are like Sonic Adventure, like specifically the PC releases of like Sonic Adventure and yeah. like Sonic Mania, like the Sonic 3 release on PC. There are all kinds of different uh things that you run and you it like adds a bunch of assets to the game so like for example you could play sonic 3 with sonic mania assets oh wow that's so, pretty sweet yeah like the the all these people have built like these different these different pieces of sonic mania and then you can just plop them in a folder and they're there and so that's awesome yeah so like a, a bunch of the the newer sonic mania looking stuff is in sonic 3 or like you know, Sonic Adventure, like you can play as Metal Sonic and Sonic Adventure, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the, the uh, things that I wanted to get into, and, and I may yet, um, is like the super hard Mario uh, ROM hacks. Yeah. Like the, especially like the Super Mario World ones, which I mean, uh, it's it's interesting because a lot of that has gone to like Mario Maker now, mm-hmm. um, which is okay, but it's like, I, I don't know. I just something about that just feels like not authentic, mm. even though it's I guess technically more authentic. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the I one really thing, like the idea like the ROM hacks. Yeah, the the one thing that I do appreciate about Mario Maker is that you actually have to beat a level to publish it or whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, there's I cheap hacks to get that. around that, right? Right, right. But um. Yeah, like the the Mario. Oh man, I I gotta look up and see what that one was. I, I so I have like a folder with a bunch of these. Let me let me look at this Super Nintendo folder here and see if I can see what some of these ROMs are. But there was this this one uh, Super Mario World hack that had like Donkey Kong Country two stuff in it. Oh my goodness. And like Donkey Kong Country stuff. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Oh boy. You you know when you go into a folder and it has the folder broken out in A to R, S to Z, or something like that, there's gonna be a lot of stuff in here. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, um I can't even remember the names of the ones that I come across. And so that that's my problem is I don't I don't record anything. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go back and find that one day. Yeah. I don't ever do it. Yeah. I'll never go back and find it. Um and the thing is like I'm not like that good at Mario. I just want to like see if I can get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I the big thing is I don't know if there's like a medium level. I like I need something that's harder than like any of the normal Mario levels. But not like, okay, you're going to go through eight rings of the fiery depths of hell <laughs> yeah. trying to beat this level. Like, that's not, I, I'm, I'm not about these levels that, like, literally the entire floor spikes the whole level and you have mm-hmm. to, like, A spin and bounce on, like, you know, like bullet bills and all this kind of stuff to try to get through. Same. It. Yeah. Not, not wild about that. Um, so, 
in my folder here, I noticed there's actually two separate folders for Super Metroid hats, hacks and Super Mario World hacks. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, that that should tell you something. I may uh, need to to borrow some of those because I'm not sure if I have those. Yeah. Um, whenever you come down here, bring bring an external hard drive or something. Of I have some some okay. things, some wares, some Juarez. Juarez. <laughs> couple cactuses um holy crap there's like super mario world uh easy very easy normal mode luigi's mansion hack what on super nintendo yeah oh my goodness this is wild donkey kong jump man returns <laughs> Like these are all Super Mario World hacks. That's wild. This one's called "I Hate You." I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, isn't that what most of them are called? Like <laughs> part one through part thirty-seven. Jump jacked up Mario World. <laughs> that sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Le- <laughs> this Uh-oh. one's called Leg Day. I can only imagine <laughs> what that is. <laughs> That's so appropriate, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Mario on ice. Oh, my goodness. That's, that sounds not fun. Yeah. I hate the ice levels. Same. Hard same. Let's see some of the uh, Super Metroid. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds in here. Oh, good grief. Dark Nightmare. GBA style. So that's cool. So I guess somebody restyled it to look like the GBA style. Oh, the, yeah. Those games. So that's cool. Very WTF boss order hack. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's just another world in these folders, Zerain. Yeah, yeah. Like... Think about how many hundreds and thousands of hours you could spend just trying to play through some of those things mm-hmm. and not succeeding. Right. That would be me. Like, not succeeding mm-hmm. at anything. You know, at those. <laughs> just like, yeah. getting pissed and just like, oh, I'm going to get it this time. Right. <laughs> yeah, I need to do a stream where I just play through a bunch of these ROM hacks and see how long it is before I throw a controller or something. Dude, that would be entertaining. Okay. I, I would 100% watch that. <laughs> All right. I'll have to do that soon. I'll add that to the list. Nice. Maybe I can do that after I play Superman on stream. Oh, yeah. So are you streaming, uh, I guess, yesterday as of the release of this? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am streaming yesterday. So I'm continuing the Shantae game. Uh, okay. On, yeah. on Game Boy Color, so this is in my to make Michael K stream history here. I am continuing a game for the first time, <laughs> and not just playing it on one stream. Uh, so this Shantae, like Shantae, is so good. Like these games are just so good, and the first game on the Game Boy Color is like it's no different. It's just it's so good. I, I highly recommend the Shantae game, and bro, the music. It is. Oh, you cut out. Your gate didn't allow you to express. It is. It is so good. It is so good. Nice. Like you, you, you need to listen to the soundtrack. Like if you think, 
that the later Sante music is good? Like, yes, it is. However, imagine that in chiptune form, and that's basically what this is. And you, oh, know, you know how Jake Kaufman is with uh, in chiptune land. So, oh yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, that's I, awesome. I didn't know that he did the soundtrack for the original game, but apparently he did. So that's awesome. Yes, so I will be continuing that one. I have no idea. I think I'm about halfway done with it. Uh, but it could be one of those where, you know, where it has like the first half of the game where like you do this thing and you think you're going to beat it, but that's actually just the first half of the game. Right. Like, like you know, Ocarina of Time, like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to collect these, these three things and do this. And like, psych, there's way more to it than that. Yeah, it's like not even half the game. Yep. It's like a quarter of the game or something. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if it's one of those situations or not, but but we'll see. But it's 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 yeah. super cool. It's 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 very good. Uh, it's one of those where you can, um, you can transform into like different characters, and you have different different abilities uh, depending on what character you're playing as. So oh, that's cool. You know, to to yeah. solve different puzzles or whatever, uh, yeah, you have yeah, to be yeah. a different character. So that kind of thing. You just reminded me of. Dude, I, I got so trolled about by that Ocarina of Time thing when I was a kid. I was like, man, this game's kind of short, but I almost beat it. Yep. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Same for me, man. Like I, I remember, like I felt so accomplished getting through that that whole first first section, and and like you you look at like the menu after you've gotten through that, and like everything that you've collected is just like it's like all these empty slots and everything. It's like what the heck happened? Yeah. <laughs> Where did all my what's happening? Oh man, it's like a That's whole other game. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a great game, dude. Majora's Mask, though, I'm telling you, I I still have to play it, man. Yeah, I having having played through that as an adult, it just has so much weight to it that I just never really realized when I was younger and when I didn't finish it as a kid. Oh yeah, um, it's just it's so deep. It's. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I, I have I, I I feel like people who don't like that game just like first of all, they can't get around the anxiety of the the time mechanic, but yeah. At some point that's not a problem. It really doesn't take that long for that to not be a problem. Um, but I can totally see how that, that, that whole thing can turn people off. But for me, not to turn this into a Majora's Mask podcast, that was <laughs> that was like the thing that I really liked about it was specifically how like the time travel mechanic how how that affects different things in the game and like you can very visibly see things happen throughout like the 3 days and and like some some puzzles that you have to do you actually have to travel through time to to do the different things so yeah yeah uh, but anyway interesting we'll have to have a Zelda I, podcast I don't know why back in the day I didn't like want that game maybe something about I think what the deal was, <clears throat> I had played it in like a, a kiosk in a store or something, mm-hmm. and um, it felt so much like mechanically like Ocarina of Time, and Ocarina of Time was such a leap from Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah. It's, that I think I was, I, I thought it was like a cash grab sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt about it. So I'm like, I don't really care. I played Ocarina of Time. It does use a beefed up Ocarina of Time engine, so yeah. you know, no doubt it feels that way. Yeah. Um, but it it is just experience wise and the story and everything. It's just it's so different. It's it's vastly different. 
Um, I, clearly, yeah. that's not something you're going to get in a, a five-minute session in a kiosk in a right. mall or, <laughs> or something. Yeah, and I mean, when I was a kid, you know, and I played it, I it, I wasn't wild about it either. Like, I, I played... Um, I played through the first dungeon. Met the first like two major areas, I think, is what I played through. Yeah. And I just I got I got bored of it and and I you know, the story didn't really grip me at that that point in time or anything. And but dude, like there's some wild game theories out there about this game. I don't know if you <laughs> you've seen any of them. You should probably play the game before you watch any of this stuff. But yeah, I definitely uh I Especially, so I uh, clearly greatly respect your opinion on games, and mm-hmm. um, having heard how you talked about it since you did beat it, like I'm, I really want to play it, and I don't want it to be like spoiled or anything. So mm-hmm. I would like to, yeah, get that experience. Um, however, it's one of those that you you do need to like do everything in the game, so you should probably like kind of at least look at some kind of guide or walk through to see what the different things are just so you don't miss anything you know that kind of situation. how long is the game like if you know what to do i have no idea i do not remember how long this took me to beat actually because the reason that i ask is i would like to play through it without looking at a walkthrough because I, yeah. I don't I, I would like to just experience it mm-hmm. beat it then okay then go back and play it again and and do all that stuff yeah because i mean I, unless you wouldn't recommend that the main story is 21 hours. The main story plus extra is about 30. Man. That's a beefy, beefy boy. It is. I didn't realize it was that much. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's some like side quests in this. Like this is, I, to be honest, I don't really do side quests a whole lot. Like sometimes I will, but. Sometimes I yeah. won't <laughs> if I'm just kind of like there for the main gig and, you know, peace out, then that's fine. But I right. feel like the sides, the side stuff in this game is like so worth doing. Like there's one story side story in particular that really has nothing to do with what you're doing, but yeah. it's like really one of the coolest moments in the whole game. Oh man. Like, Jeez. like literally one of the coolest things I have experienced in a game. So there's that. Anyway, <laughs> Add that to your list, Serene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another reason to have an EverDrive for the N64. Because mm-hmm. I actually have my N64 sitting right over here. What's uh, the RGB status on the N64 yeah. stuff? So it does not do RGB natively. Um, you got to do, doesn't. you can only do S video or composite. Um, to do RGB, you have to get it modded. It's one of those situations. Okay. Um, and even when you do just a regular RGB, it still has like a, uh, um, like a blurring filter on the game that the hardware does that the RGB, the regular plain old RGB signal doesn't look that great compared to the S video signal. So, wow. yeah, there's a, uh, a, uh, an HDMI mod that came out fairly recently that, that can it will remove that blur if you want to. Some games look better without it, and some games look better with it. <laughs> it's one of those kind of situations. So it sounds like S video is probably the best option. I I think so, um, unless you want to do the HDMI mod route, which I unless you probably are not. just a 
an N64 connoisseur or something like that. I just, yeah. Um, no. Like, uh, but that, that also gives you RGB too. So it's, it's, it's like a dual wielding mod where like you can actually oh, okay. output both at the same time. So that, that's cool. But, Oh, that's pretty interesting. Um, versus my, my HD mod, HDMI mod is older and it doesn't do RGB, but it does like remove that, that blur thing. So, Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's cool. But I, I think S video on the 64 is, is good. I, I just, I would, I cannot sing the praises of S video enough, like over composite video. Like if you have something like some kind of upscaler or something, a good upscaler paired with S video is just, it's quite good. Okay. That's good to know. So is it, I guess it's just a different cable for the N64 for S video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it has, um, it, it has the, the same connector on, but they, they, uh, you want to get an S video cable. Uh, some of them, this is where things get a little weird. Some of them, like if you get a cheapo one, sometimes they are wired to have both composite and S video on the same cable. And Ugh. those are usually a, a dirtier signal yeah. than one that's just like, this is just audio and S video. Um, yeah, yeah. I just because I'm going to do this right now, doing it live, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> As you do. Um, I believe. Yeah, so Insurrection Industries, they, they actually make good SCART cables. They make an S-Video cable for the N64. That, um, okay, cool. That is a so good one Insurrectionindustries.com. Yeah. There's your plug for the day. <laughs> yeah. So they, they make good cables. But cyberspace, for those of you out there wondering what cable you should get for your console, if, if you get one of those like multi-purpose cables, like it might not be the greatest, unfortunately. It could be. It could be. But usually that's a good indicator that it's, it's a cheapo. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same uh, cable for Super Nintendo N64 yes. and GameCube. Mm-hmm. Well, that's handy. And the uh, the AV Famicom, the the top loader in Japan, uses that same thing. Um, that's interesting. Well, well, one good thing that Nintendo did, right? <laughs> uh, out of stock? No. <laughs> mm. Bummer. All right. Well, now that I know that, that's half the battle, as GI Joe taught me when I was younger. <laughs> right. We could just have a whole cable podcast, basically. I'd have no problem. I'm, I'm with that. sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me, me asking you questions. And just <laughs> I'm dumping okay your with that. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I, back to the topic at hand. I think I'm. I'm. I don't have anything else on the topic of randomizers or ROM hacks, unless you do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I. I had anything else. Um, I, oh, I had one. This is frick. I should have inserted this somewhere else. I think this is this is a cool one. Totally random. Somebody implemented a save game feature in the original Metroid on the NES. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. I have no freaking clue. And, and it'll work like if you put it out on an EverDrive or whatever? Yeah. The frick? Yeah, that doesn't make any know. sense. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I just, yeah. The community that just dreams this stuff up and makes it happen, like, bless you. 
It's just some brilliant stuff, man. That is completely ridiculous. That makes I just I that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I got, Serene. That's all I got. <laughs> that's like you know um, the two-player uh, Mario sixty-four level mm-hmm. crap. It's just like. Are man you, how, I, where do you begin to think about that you know oh dude yeah i don't know man uh i i i haven't really i haven't played that that super mario two-player thing so i i i want to do that at some point yeah uh but yeah that's that stuff is just it's wild we should it's do wild. that come down there we should we should absolutely do that sweet we can stream it yes make everybody well aware that it's happening yeah definitely <laughs> all right cool man yeah that was a good one that was a good, was a good one, one Zerain. yeah yes sir so Zerain. yes people are curious about you i i hear them thinking it right now they're, they're 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 asking oh, no. me where do i find Zerain in cyberspace land that was it where where do they find mm-hmm. you in cyberspace land Zerain? what do they do you- you cyberspacelings that are weird enough to want to go there, you can go to zerain.net, X-E-R-A-E-N.net, and find all the places on the cyberspaces where my face's face appears. Yeah. That was br- it. beautiful. That was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Likewise, michaelk.net slash links exists, and there are a bunch of links to Michael K-related things, also Zerain-related things, to be totally and completely honest, because he's there as well. Uh, I, I do a live stream on Wednesdays at 10 a.m., Central Time, so that's a thing. Nice. I play usually usually retro games or retro inspired games or whatever. So that could branch out at some point. I don't really know, but you know, there's that. And depending on how you are viewing or listening to this podcast, whatever it doesn't matter. If you go to hyperpixelpodcast.net, there's a bunch of different ways to view and listen to what we're doing here on the Hyperpixel Podcast. So check that out. It's been great. It's been phenomenal. It's been incredible cyberspace. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And we will see you, all of you out there in cyberspace land on the next one. You take care. Peace. Deuces.